Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Alaska, thank you for hanging out with me. Man, Alaska ruled Mary Jane. I'm so fucking stoked to hear all of the stories that you are bringing back from being at the roof of the world. <laughs> it is Earth's roof. Yeah. <laughs> for real. You flew to Alaska for how many days? Uh, I mean, one long one because the sun wasn't kicking it too much. So <laughs> One long night. One long night. I, I was talking about how the weather up there, the weatherman, it must be so easy. It's like night and cold. Yeah. Or or. <laughs> Day and cold. There's no in between. So what a great cush job that would be. But wow. I loved it. The people there are so authentic. People came out. Thank you all for coming and hanging out. All of the comics, who I'll talk about a bit later, um, crushed. The weed is fired. Everyone looks you in the eye. The food is delicious. I love Alaska so freaking much. So yeah, I love Alaska. I am so fucking stoked to hear you talk about Alaska. I fucking love Alaska so much when I worked there. Uh, it was my favorite summer job that I've ever had. I spent four summers up there. Mm -hmm. And then you and I went up to Anchorage and I'd never been to mainland Alaska. And that's like a whole different ball of wax. And yeah, it was just, it's a cool place where people really are sort of like last frontier. We are our own sort of deal up here. Independence, kind freedom. Of, yep. You do you, I'll do me together. We'll get along. Yep. I love that. I, I, I mean, I've never felt more free than when I was up there these past three days. Wow. Slash nights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for anyone who's listening for the first time because of the shows, when you say you spent four seasons in Alaska, can uh -huh. you just add a little bit more context? Oh, yeah. I was the deckhand and cook on a salmon boat uh, tender in southeast Alaska for four summers, and it was the greatest job I've ever had, honestly. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. wait. What the? What's happening? What the fuck is this in my pocket? <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's an asterisk. Oh. Oh, no. And it says, about Mike's time in Alaska, there must be an exception to how great a time I had. What are you talking about? Because 1949, Alaska invented ranch dressing. Hidden okay. Valley Ranch yeah. is an Alaskan invention. Okay. And so every single show, I'm up there tooting horns about how much I love ranch and how great ranch is. And now I have an audio clip from one of the shows at Coots's. And I'd like to play it for you right now. Wait, let's figure this out. All right, if you're, uh, we haven't done this before. If you're pro ranch, let me, let me, let's hear. If you love ranch more than blue cheese, where are we at? And if you love blue cheese more than ranch? They invented ranch, but they love blue cheese. What the fuck? I, that was one of the first debates we ever had on here, Mary Jane. Was, I know. Was that I'm a ranch, I'm a radical ranch yeah. rancher. Yep. And you're a. I'm a blue cheese baby. And you're a blue cheese baby. <laughs> uh-huh. And it seems that the last frontier is full of blue cheese babies. All the blue cheese babies go to out west because that's where we can be free in our love of the funk. Yeah, you think that's what it is? You think there's ranch suppression? You can't hold me down or with blue your, cheese suppression? your pasteurized processed weirdness. I gotta go <laughs> let my freak flag fly with my love of blue cheese and freedom. <laughs> <laughs> well, what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Good. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy, cannabis, culture, cooking, calling shit out, and funky ass freedom. <laughs> 
<laughs> I couldn't believe it. What? Well, okay. First, listen. What are you talking about? That ranch was invented in Alaska. This is news to me. Oh, it is. Yes. Well, let me pull up my no 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 notes and read you a little bit about it because I was geeking out about how wonderful it is. In the meantime, while I pull up these notes, mm-hmm. uh, some other dude. Yeah. who was there, said his favorite dressing is Italian, even when it comes wow. to like wings and pizza and stuff like that. And I think we can all agree. I mean, you're dating yourself. You're okay. dating yourself. Yeah. You're definitely an 80s kid because if you say that Italian is your favorite, like, do you also like French dressing? Because that that used to be the choice, right? Like when you would go with your parents to a restaurant in like the 80s. Oh, it's the house salad uh, it's, options. It's the, yeah, it's the iceberg, you know, the, the side salad that comes with like the kind of mealy tomato and maybe an olive or two. And you get your choice. And when I was a kid, it was always Italian, Thousand Island, um, or Russian, French, and then maybe like some other kind of... I don't know, like raspberry vinaigrette or something. Like if you were feeling Ew. like super like Ugh. fancy, like you were in the big city, you know, like if you ordered raspberry vinaigrette, it was like, oh, she, Is thinks, that the she, cosmopolitan? Thinks, she thinks she's better than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> there was no like balsamic. There was no, you know, yeah. anything that's actually delicious. So Green Goddess then, was a, a glimmer in God's eye at the time. Oh, we'd move beyond Green Goddess because that was some fucking 70s shit. But that fucking Italian, like, if you like Italian, you definitely grew up in the 80s going to restaurants like Red Lobster where you got the side salad with the Italian dressing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've never had more ranch and blue cheese appreciation until just now. To think of all the other lesser flavors out there. Yeah. That... Um, that like, you that know, are still around, but yeah, nah, yeah. That bottled Italian, it's like so sweet and weird. Okay, so here is the scoop on ranch dressing or the drizz. Yeah. Here's the drizz. Great. Uh, his name is Henson, Steve Henson, and he was working as a contract plumber in Alaska. And that is where he created Hidden Valley. So they started to sell the dressing um, in finished product and powdered form, where if it was a powder, you'd mix it with buttermilk and mayonnaise. And then the demand grew and grew, so they opened up a factory, amped up production, began distributing the finished product, sold it at supermarkets all across the Southwest. And then in 1972, Hidden Valley Ranch brand was bought by Clorox. And that is how Hidden Valley reached the rest of the country as we know it today. Wait, but you said it was sold across the Southwest. So it was started in Alaska and then he like moved down to. Started in Alaska, the lower opened up a factory and started, you know, expanding as close as he could. Uh huh. Because I don't even know where there were airplanes back then. Like, yes. you know what? I, okay. So <laughs> I, I wasn't there. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's how it started. So he was a contract plumber in Alaska who invented ranch dressing. And then he came down to the lower 48 and he sold his ranch dressing to Clorox. Exactly. That's the American dream, man. It is the fucking American, <laughs> especially ranch. I think that's the American dream to, right. to create something as iconic as ranch. I had truly, until I started hanging out with you and doing this podcast and eating food with you all the time and learning about delicious dips more and more and all the condiments that are available to us, had no appreciation for ranch. And I have grown my appreciation, and now I have an even more newfound appreciation for how great it is. Well, next time I come to Alaska, please come with me so that we can talk more ranch and blue cheese and, you know, have our finger on the pulse of not only Anchorage, but Wasilla. Yes. And, uh... Uh, Homer, uh, Homer yeah, and Fairbanks. Sitka, let's Juno. do. Let's do a, a cream team tour. Great. Yes. How's that sound? Cream and weed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Creamy dips and weed. Sounds yeah. good. Cool. Nice. Uh, uh, that's it. So thank you to Alaska, and uh, I just had a real kick about you know 
having ranch and blue cheese debates every show. And you went to a grow while you were up there, right? I did. Um, so we, when we did the Before You Die Fest and we got to go to that grow and have Cass and everybody from the comedy festival take us around and see everything, uh, I was, we were fortunate enough to meet Joe and Ben, who again are comics who are great, who I'll talk about later. And um, Joe took me to the Enlightened facility and it is remarkable. And Ben hooked me up with a bunch of stuff from Catalyst mm-hmm. and Mercy Tree of Alaska, the hoodie I'm wearing right now. It's dope. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you, Ben. And like the weed there is so fucking fire, Mary mm. Jane. It is fire. It is strong. It is potent. It is funky. And it is fun. So when we went to the grow a few years ago, they were growing like light deprivation, kind of indoor, outdoor, like greenhouse grows. Is um, Enlightened doing an indoor grow? Because the facility, the pics that I saw, it looked like it's that, that's an indoor facility right it's a, it's an indoor facility where they're doing complete control the thing about it is because they're such a small started by um a mom and her two kids team uh-huh. that all those rows and rows of plants that yeah. we'll put on the instagram they're still hand watering all of that wow they're doing everything by hand while they're you know also trying to build maintain and sustain through Mm -hmm. uh the weird game right now yeah so they work really hard and make great products and they're just a small squad who believes in the plant i love that family community that's so much of what uh i'm loving learning more about in california too like the, the people who grow the weed are the reason that we have the plant and we need to like pay more attention to the cultivators and the people who are you know at the at the very beginning of it all is there farmer's day there should be. Yeah, I don't know if there is or not, but Jesus Christ. We have, if there's every, not. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You know how many apples are in a grocery store? All of them. Yeah. 900 million apples. Well, yeah, that would be great. Willie Nelson would probably have that up with his farm aid, you know, Farmer's Day. I bet, yeah, Absolutely. we should look into it. Absolutely, and sure. we'll get State Farm to be a part of it. And yeah. S- sell out immediately. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, what do you think of that vegan THC capsule from Enlighten? Uh, I slept really well. I was out in about 20 minutes. It was just a five milligram um dose suspended and i think it was did you say it was macadamia nut oil yeah i've never had anything in macadamia nut oil it was very effective uh i slept great i I woke up with zero grogginess it was perfect it was kind of perfect for a nap actually because i like i took it and i was out quickly and then i woke up like an hour later and was just like oh i feel good that's how i felt with the diamonds that i tried that i don't know if they're on the market yet i think it only might be an r&d right now but i tried some diamond dabs Mm -hmm. and real high great time mm-hmm. close my eyes for about 30 minutes before the show woke up feeling like superman yeah perfect reset clear as a bell right clear as a fucking oh, bell that's so nice yeah wait clear as a bell clear as a bell yeah like the, the the sound of a bell that's hit on a clear day oh because they're all bronze i was like i don't know what that <laughs> saying is. is that a saying i feel like that's a saying maybe i'm making it up clear as the sound of a bell clear as a bell that is just literally something I'm pulling out of the mists of time from my childhood. It I makes think. perfect sense yeah. from like churches and hourly and it ringing out yeah, across the sky. Hear, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just picturing <laughs> what a bell looks like. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Very opaque. <laughs> oh, We'd man. be the worst time travelers. Oh, my God. Just shit time travelers. What did you, you're just making me think of uh, last night when we were stoned and we were watching that show, uh, IT Guys. Yeah. And uh, Chris O'Dowd at one point was talking to some idiot on the phone who just didn't understand what was going on with their computer. And he just went, wait, 
are you from the past? <laughs> yeah, they didn't understand computers at all. It was great. I was like, what a, what a good burn. Because I feel like sometimes you could just say that to me and I would be like, yes, I am absolutely from the past. I have no idea what's going on. What year is it? What time is it? What day is it? Where am I? Is anything real? Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, speaking of is anything real, we should get to the news this week because oh. it kind of is... Is it real? Is it real? Yes. This is our section of the Grublet Gazette. And this week we are, you know, listeners wanted to know, and I think, you know, a lot of people are paying attention to this particular topic right now, uh, whether or not smoking cannabis will protect you against COVID. Um, and, you know, I just Googled it really quickly to see what the, you know, an assortment of headlines were. And of course, you know, it's it's so amazing to just read all of the different uh, headlines on one page from penlive.com uh, says smoking weed won't protect you against COVID-19 reports say and then directly beneath it from News Hub it says coronavirus new studies suggest cannabis could prevent COVID-19 infections and everything in between people are weighing in for and against it Basically, I can't tell is it speculation or science that has been spun into speculation like well, what's the base the base is that there was a study done at Oregon State that did find two cannabis compounds uh, that could potentially prevent COVID from infecting human cells. And uh, those two compounds are CBG and CBDA. Both of them are in acid form. And basically what they do, the, the, the whole um, study was done in vitro, meaning it was done in Petri dishes. So it hasn't been done, it hasn't been tested on lab animals and it hasn't been tested in humans. So there's a lot more to be done. But in vitro, in those Petri dishes, it was found that basically, so the COVID virus... Um, when these compounds were attached to it, it then prevented that virus from penetrating human cells. So it was like putting a prophylactic around the... Yeah, a like cannabis a condom. Little, a cannabis condom on, on COVID. And basically, um, that's as far as we've gotten. Like those COVID-19 spike proteins were unable to enter the human cells because uh, the, the, those hemp compounds were surrounding it. And now there's just a lot more research to be done. So no. But I thought that those compounds in particular aren't actually uh, when you when you light weed on fire. Right. They disappear was my understanding. So I'm not really sure. Like, I think maybe that's where the right. argument is, is that once you smoke weed, those yeah, compounds sm disappear. So they don't actually do anything anymore because they're not around. Right. Right. If you're smoking a joint, that means you're, you know, combusting THC primarily and CBD and other compounds to get high. Right. So the CBGA and CBDA in these acid forms are actually found in raw cannabis and raw hemp. And, you know, so the way that you would actually mostly ingest these would be juicing raw leaves. You know, if you have access to, to some fan leaves and some great weed around the house, juice them up, put them in a smoothie. It's good for you on so many levels and maybe it'll also protect you against COVID. But no, like your average weed smoker is not more protected against COVID because these compounds aren't actually in combustible cannabis for the most part. Would you say that there's a market using like all of the trim and things like that and everything that you would use for distillate and pressing that into juice shots and selling that as protection against COVID potentially as a, a business market for the next <laughs> seven years while this continues or however fucking long it goes. I'm sure there are many enterprising people out there who are looking into that kind of thing. I would love to know more about it. I think, you know, really the answer is can hemp and cannabis compounds prevent COVID-19 looking good mm -hmm. uh possibilities are you know everyone's open to the possibility we just don't know 
enough to say, but juicing raw cannabis is probably good for you in all sorts of other ways. So keep it up. And, you know, there are lots of other plants that also possess antiviral properties like, you know, oregano and cloves and, you know, rosemary and thyme and, you know, just like a holistic plant-based medicine wellness routine is always going to keep your immune system, you know, up and punching at things like COVID. So, you know, the healthier you keep your immune system with all sorts of plant medicine, the better off you're going to be. But um, this is not going to, you know, give you the protection that the vaccine would, for instance. Like yeah. if you or if piss, you, or piss, right? Or ivermectin. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's if you do a compound of a booster shot, piss. Yeah. Ivermectin and cannabis and leaves a hell, and a, a ton of weed and a ton of weed. Very exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting results. So basically, we don't know. There is, you know, there's definitely some evidence that it could be helpful in future and you know scientific studies need to be conducted if i was jeff bezos and i own the washington post my headline would just read keep it up y'all yeah you know keep going keep going we're keep, doing okay we're working going. hard um yeah so basically you know brew 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 yourself some weed tea um if you can find cbga or cbda tinctures or capsules maybe add them to your routine but weed is not a substitute for vaccines and or boosters and or masking uh please don't mistake it as such I love it, though, because mm-hmm. it is continuing to prove itself as a Swiss Army plant. Yes. In so many ways, whether it's PTSD, epilepsy. Anxiety. Co- co- anxiety. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Munchies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Blue cheese. Blue cheese. Munchies. <laughs> yeah, it's the most incredible plant in the world, and we're just you know, continuing to unlock all of the mysteries of it. And so this is a really cool study that is great to have in the news as a mostly positive thing because God knows the mainstream media needs to be bonked over the head with the fact that weed is, you know, a fucking awesome plant and not all the other terrible things that they say about it. Can I get two buds of the week? Because I had a great time partying really hard with some dynamite folks. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get to our VIB. Yeah, Olivia. Uh, Do you want to go first or second? Because mine's long. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll go first. Okay. My uh, butt of the week is Mr. Meat, the Hollywood pig. I met him. <laughs> I met him while you were in Alaska, Mike, and I had heard of Mr. Meat, the Hollywood pig, from you because you, I think, had met him uh, just on your walks around the neighborhood. Yep. Sent me a picture. I was like, "What's happening? Who is this?" So I was walking Archie Moo while you were up in Alaska. Walked past uh, Mr. Meat's home. I know where he lives now. He's a neighbor. He's a big pig. He's a big, fat Vietnamese pot-bellied pig. He's got an IG. We'll tag him. He's my butt of the week. He's he's seven years old. He um, is open for bookings. And when I put him on my Instagram, so many people were like, oh, my God, I've seen that guy with his dog sister. Or Gabrus was like, I've run past that guy in my fucking neighborhood. When he's, I saw him, his hair was purple. Yeah, it was blue when I saw him. He's a local legend. He's Mr. Meat, the Hollywood pig. So (laughs) he's my butt of the week. He's the best. Archie was so confused. He was like, I don't know how to talk to that guy. But I wonder what it's like to be an animal who hasn't seen another animal before. When your whole like sense of everything is based on smell, that's Mm got to be crazy. I don't think he'd ever met a pig before. He was definitely a little weirded out. Like he didn't, he wasn't scared of Mr. Meat, but he also didn't want to make friends with him or sniff his butt, you know? Yeah. It's like if I saw a dinosaur, I don't think I'd want to be friends with it. I would just be like, what is that? I've never seen one. Right. I don't understand what that creature is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I wish I could read Archie's brain. 
I wish I could understand. Like when we, I know I'll get to my butt of the week in a second, but like, remember when I was talking shit about him because we all saw that rainbow and mm-hmm. he was smiling like he could see it. And I was like, you can't see that you're colorblind. And it like got a good laugh and it was pretty funny to pick on him for his rods and cones. Uh-huh. But then you were like, I think that they can see color. They just see it differently. And then I, I Googled it to see if you were right. And they can essentially smell color. So it's not that they're colorblind. It's that their color sense is shifted to their nose and that blew me away and i was like i think dogs are more special than i give them credit for everything is more special than we give it credit for (laughs) humans are terrible humans are like we're the fucking number one best thing ever oh really i mean look at anything (laughs) (laughs) and it's better than better than we are we are just a crazy invasive species that has managed to fucking hang on and we're so incredible in so many ways i'm not like here to bash humanity but like if you've ever just gone tide pooling like we did in Malibu and like hung out looking in a fucking tide pool for a second, that's an entire universe that's so amazing. It's all amazing. Yeah. And weed is, you know, great for that too. It sure is. <laughs> Damn, Mr. Meet the Hollywood Pig. Yeah, he was great. I loved him. Well, my butt of the week this week is everyone that I was fortunate enough to perform with here in Alaska. Um, killer comedians up there. Can't wait for them to either perform with me again, come down here. Just dynamite. So I'm going to go through it, and it's also going to be in the show notes, and we're also going to tag everyone. But I just want to shout out Captain Quick Pick, Ben Farley. He's an amazing comic. His energy is electric. He can roll the fattest blunts in the land, and he's also the guy who hooked me up with uh, Mercy Tree and Catalyst. And he, with one of my other buds of the week, Joe Stoltz, do Best Buds Radio, which is a podcast I was on while I was there. So check out Joe as well. Uh, he is at, at jokes. No, he is at ice beard comedy, ice beard comedy. Thank you, Mary Jane. Check out Jared. He's also a great comic. He's opening for Paul Rodriguez next week. So congratulations, Jared. Check out Sabrina Spears. She was a host in Wasilla and she's an amazing comic. She has a very interesting story. I will tell you off pod with her permission. Uh, so check out Sabrina Spears. And then last but not least, check out, he just graduated from college. His name is Damon. Check out Damon as well top tier comics up there in Alaska. Um, I can't wait till they get to perform everywhere else. Or maybe they already are. What do I know? Fucking A. Fucking A. So it's a lot of buds of the week and it was a sloppy way to announce them, but it's just because I'm excited and I'm so thankful that I consider them buds now. That's so great. I'm so stoked to go back there someday and hang out with all of them and run around and eat great creamy dips and smoke all the weed and go to that new Sonic that they I hear they have up in Wasilla. It's a beautiful Sonic. Shout out Heidi and Andrew. Andrew is an EMT for helicopters, and him and Heidi picked me up and drove me to Wasilla and showed me the Sonic, and it's a beautiful Sonic. Wow. I would love to attend it. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, there was one more shout out I had to do. Oh, Bart and Kevin from Hooked Entertainment who put this whole thing together for me to get up there and perform. Thank you so much. Fabulous. Yeah. Awesome. Well, should yeah. we get to our butt of the week, our VIB? Yeah, there was. I'm going to keep talking Alaska and we'll never get to Olivia. So let's <laughs> do it. We, this week, are chatting with one of my favorite folks that I met when I, when I moved to L.A. And I know you've known her longer than I have. Olivia Alexander, a.k.a. Kush Queen, entrepreneur, activist, maven fucking fierce fabulous force of goodness in the world uh like caught up with us to tell us i don't mean there was so much that we got into but you know she's running a multi-million dollar business that she has built by herself ground up yeah from louisiana to like a lot of commas yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot of commas. Yeah. And also, if you're into relaxation and treating your body and mind well, her self-care line is the top of the top, the tip of the tip. It was so great to talk to Olivia. We really didn't know how to stop because we wanted to roll on for hours, but uh, let's get into it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, we even talked microdosing. So without further ado, here is our interview with Olivia Alexander. Olivia, how's the empire? Oh my, the empire. What have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've been girl bossing a bit too close to the sun, as we say on TikTok. Uh, Mm -hmm. Life has become quite weird, and um, obviously, it's my dream come true. But it's uh, one of those, you know, situations where be careful what you ask for because you certainly may get it and then have a multi-million dollar business that you're running at 33 years old and you're responsible for 20 plus people and it just keeps growing and evolving and I'm grateful, but goddamn, it's been a journey. I mean, I profiled you for the cover of Dope magazine three or four years ago now, and it's just wild to see how you've, I mean, at that time you were already, I feel like you were kind of on top of the world then, and now everything's just grown so much more from there. Yeah, it's really crazy to think back to that Dope Mag cover and that interview. I remember us all sitting on that couch and I remember talking about how I was going to make Kush Queen this empire and uh, Wolfie was saying, oh, I'm we're going to get a TV show one day and now she's in the Jackass movie. And it's just really crazy how in just such a short amount of time, so much can change. And yeah, I felt I feel like back then Kush Queen had really exploded in a different way, I think. Think we were riding that hemp wave the cbd boom um and now i think we're just getting older we're getting maybe a little bit wiser um and getting better and i think right now with cannabis and hemp and sort of where all of this this has gone at least for me it's um kind of an honor to survive kind of an honor to still be existing Um, And I know this is going to sound really dramatic, but we know I'm extra. I I feel (laughs) I feel in some ways like uh, I'm kind of like not Katniss Everdeen, but I'm, I'm kind of a mockingjay. Like I'm kind of out here as this weird symbol of people who shouldn't really be existing anymore here. There's not very many of us. There's not many. Uh, women still. There's not very many small brands still existing. There are definitely very few people who were around back in the 215 days. And really, it's just been such a journey. And I kind of just, um, I think that's where I'm at right now, which is like a lot of gratitude and really just wanting to continue to build this legacy and really just keep building the company. I'm I'm so proud that I still own 85% of Kush Queen. I, I've not yet been merged or acquired like many. Um, and I'm really just still in the driver's seat. And I think that's also something that I'm really proud of is that every day I'm still waking up and I'm doing it for myself and I'm doing it for the plant and the people that use it and, and the products themselves. And um, yeah, it's just... It's really strange uh, that it just keeps going. I mean, I didn't ever think I was going to fail, but you surely have your days, especially where legal cannabis has gone, where you're just kind of like, 
how the fuck did I do this? Like, what? Like, seeing a lot of my peers, my mentors leave the space, see them sell their companies, see the people that really inspired me to get in out has Mm -hmm. been a really sobering, humbling kind of feeling. And it's hard because I look around the industry and it doesn't look the same, you know, and I always knew that was going to be a part of this journey. If you stay in it long enough, you're going to be around to see it change. But I really just kind of pinch myself every day. I mean, it's corny AF, but I just, um, especially because I was an influencer, if you will, that was sort of the crux of that interview with Dope Magazine. And now I'm doing something I think that I was born to do. And I think, wow, like getting deleted on Instagram, losing my pages, really being forced into, okay, Kush Queen has to work was the worst moment of my life, but also the best because here I am and I can't imagine any of it happening any differently, but like, God damn, what a journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we dive into your story, because I feel like, you know, just, just coming up the way you have from, you know, girlhood to now, it's, it's been such an incredible journey and I want to dive into it, but could you just give everyone a quick overview of what your current company is? Yeah, Kush Queen is. Yeah, so Kush Queen is, um, we call ourselves a cannabinoid company. We we straddle both the compliant cannabis market in California, where we um, exist in the dispensaries with our one-to-one bath bombs and our nanotopicals. Um, and then we have over 70 SKUs online. Um, we have a massive direct-to-customer business online where we ship our products, not just in the U.S. now, but to Japan, to Hong Kong, to the UK. And we've really ridden the wave of uh, sort of like the hemp CBD boom back in 2017. We we just basically love making cannabis products every damn day and not just cannabis products for recreation. You know, we straddle that line between recreation and wellness. And Kush Queen is still committed um, since I really founded the company to um, inclusion in, to diversity in making cannabis products for people who don't really fit into the culture. That's where it all sort of kicked off for me. And um, really also just making finished goods and obviously the OG bath bomb sort of started it all for us. Um, oh, there's one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's we're really just a cannabis company. I think in 2022, people are going to be really excited to see us getting into some of the bigger categories with some of the big boys, as I like to say. But um, we're really just a family-owned business who has this plant so deep in their heart. And that's really what we do every day, I think, is we just wake up and we honor the plant and the people that use it. And so that's what Kush Queen is, you know, just just a crazy dream I had to make products that were consistent, were effective. I mean, I worked behind the scenes in cannabis since I was 18. So many years I saw the pitfalls of the products. And even now you just see the the recreational market just taking over so much of the conversation. And I use cannabis for recreation, but I also use cannabis for my mental health. Um, That was such a huge driver in me developing the product line. And it's, it's shaped everything when it comes to Kush Queen and how we look at the products and really we just always strive for consistent effects, repeatable effects. We've innovated in the hemp space with 
being the first to launch THCV into the hemp market. We love minor cannabinoids. Um, but really, we just geek out on cannabis all day long, and we can't believe that we can make a living from doing this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were a nerd. I didn't know that you're like a big nerd. You're, we, you geek out on stuff. Oh, yeah, we really are. And um, actually, I haven't really talked about this anywhere else, but I have a book coming out in March, um, and it's actually about cannabis and cannabis wellness specifically for women, but really practical applications for cannabis and sort of diving into my wellness philosophy. Um, So I'm really excited about that. And it really just writing that book made me realize like, holy shit, you are one big weed nerd. (laughs) What's the book called? Um, I can't really say yet. Um, Also, I probably am getting getting into trouble for this. No, I'm kidding. Um, They already know. I'm like that NDA, meh. Um, plus I'm, I'm embroiled right now in a back and forth with the publisher because of the word marijuana being on the cover. And, um, it's just a huge thing for me that we address the elephant in the room when it comes to the way we talk about cannabis. And so I'm kind of back and forth battling, um, with them right now, but we'll definitely, um, we'll definitely have that launching in March. And I'm just really, I can't believe I wrote a book. Uh, that's huge. Uh, it's amazing. It was the hardest. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, except Kush Queen. It, yeah. I, I I will never look at a book the same, and I'll never look at writers the same. And it it just it just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it blew my mind that someone wanted to pay me to write about weed. I mean, there are these these days when I was like writing stuff, and I'm just like, this is so silly. Like, I can't yeah. believe this is my life, but. Um, yeah, so I'm doing that and, and pretty much just running Kush Queen and just continuing to hold space for people in the industry who do it for the love of it. I think that's just such a big thing that isn't happening anymore because the capitalism has taken over. But for me, loving cannabis, nerding out on it, being the number one test dummy, okay? Yo. I will never give that position up. They think, oh, she she's she's running the company. They were they have like, were making like these drinks, you know, and they're like, I said, you can bring those into my office right now. I am willing to get <laughs> high AF for the rest of the day for the company, not for me. But <laughs> I'm just like, damn, these people got into this industry. They don't smoke weed. They don't love it. And I try to focus on myself and not worry about what other people are doing. But goddamn, like, it's so good. You know, like, I just think they're doing themselves a disservice because they don't have that relationship. So really just trying to enjoy it also. That's a big thing. It's just um, it got all business and then it got real serious, like really fast. And I was like, whoa. Is I'm that a, a bummer or is that cool for you? Uh, like, how do you feel about okay. it for real? Because we talk about it a lot. At yeah. first, it was a bummer. And I was a shell of who I used to be. And I was uptight and my butthole was clenched all the time. And I was just like, <laughs> fuck, I really am becoming uncool and I don't like myself that much. And then I came around the other side of it, um, frankly, because of COVID. And that somehow gave me this whole new lease on life, this whole new way to look at it. And I think that the greatest gift I have in my life right now is that I'm back to loving it so much. And 
through the ugly times, like the payroll stuff, the taxes, the books, the real nitty gritty gross ass business stuff that I never wanted to do that I literally thought someone would come along and do it for me, but like legit no one ever did. Um, I was like, wait, so you mean I'm not going to get to just wear a cape suit and have people take my picture and put me on magazines and call me a girl boss? Like, this is, I didn't sign up for this shit. This is work. But in, in the work is where I've really gotten a lot of confidence. And especially because I think, especially early on, like in the early, early days of Kush Queen, I probably would definitely had like major imposter syndrome. And then all of a sudden I came around um like the first quarantine through covid and i was like holy shit like i really run my business i really know what this is about and i really have just embraced it and you know i do a lot of personal work too i work with a life coach uh obviously i'm very into psychedelics as well and all of that has really helped ground me and renew my passion for it and i think i look at myself of course very dramatically like a professional athlete but an entrepreneur and then i just think every day like you have to last like you can't get burnout like you have to last like it's important that you last and the brand lasts um because that's important to me and so i think it's about taking care of myself being in my passion as much as I can, and just appreciating the labor of it all. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I can fight the labor or I can love the labor, and I've just somehow mind fucked myself. And I'm like, I fucking love it. So I had a long day. So this happened. So that happened. But that's the gift, you know. But it's ugly. It's ugly behind the scenes. There's boogers, there's tears, there's failed lab tests. There's so much drama, you know, like it is, um, it's really unreal what the reality of it is every day. And I just, that's my big thing, especially because so many people reach out to me and they're like, I want to have my own company just like you. And I'm like, well, just know (laughs) it's not what you think it is. And I can attest to that, but I just sort of embrace it, you know. Have you suffered from the same situation that's affecting so many small businesses in California under Prop 64. Is that affecting you? Or are you able to sort of be a little more nimble because you're selling nationally and internationally and, and you know, more of a hemp brand? The, the truth of the matter is, if I didn't sell my products online, I wouldn't have survived 64. Mm-hmm. I survived 64 because I straddled both lines. And I, Kush Queen is a unique case only there's only a few other brands like us where we don't actually hold licenses i am not technically a license holder in the compliant cannabis market i work with a license holder and a manufacturer and so i partner with them and their partnership keeps me in the market and um that shields me from some things but the just straight truth of it all is had i not decided to sell my products online had i not decided to cultivate my email list and care about the rest of the country when it came to getting them quality products um i don't think i would have made it and every day the compliant cannabis industry is a struggle I have so much respect for the people that survive it. I have so much respect for the dispensary owners, the cultivators, everyone who is hanging on right now because it is, it's some white knuckling shit, you know? Um, 
it's really complicated. I just continue to urge people to believe and buy legal weed, but I know it's so hard because even now with inflation, like people only have the money they have. Um, Mm -hmm. I continue to advocate for the state to wake up and stop this bullshit, stop the taxes, lower the licensing process, lower the barrier to entry and stop giving this all to corporations. And, you know, the other day I I saw this post on Instagram and it was this guy and he was like, look, I'm not an anti-capitalist, I'm an anti-monopolist. And that's really what we're facing too. We're facing these super large corporations who have it all, who want it all, and then they want more. And it's just a big bummer that they don't want to let small brands exist, that they don't all want to kumbaya together. Because I do think if the industry had some kind of real leadership, we could actually get some progress made. But there is no fucking leadership. California has been breaking my heart for a long time. And if I'm just being so honest, I would have quit four years ago if I wouldn't have had my partners who said, no, we started this thing to be a cannabis company. And maybe we took a couple different turns to survive, but we're always gonna be a cannabis company. And so that's really what I'm trying to do this year is get back into the flower category, get back into the pre-war category, and really offer people the same quality that they expect from me, but knowing that they're supporting you know, a woman-owned business, that they're supporting, um, my dream and something that's so much more than just you know a corporation not to say like those people suck or anything because they do i mean what Uh, (laughs) they do they're it's heartless soulless bullshit yeah yeah i just i would just much rather support someone's dream and passion and know that you know that's what it's about i know that consumers only have so much time to research companies but i really try to urge people to if you do find a brand that you like um research who owns that company research Mm -hmm. how they treat people research what their reputation is because um you may not want to be supporting them and you may be supporting some really bad people because unfortunately there are some bad people in this space and my whole problem is just like they just want everything Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's their business I haven't eaten model. Chick Fil A in years. What? Oh, Chick Fil A. <laughs> yeah, I haven't eaten Chick Fil A in years. I'm standing strong with you, Olivia. Never uh, forget I, when they said they changed and they didn't. And they fucking didn't. We see you, Chick Fil A. <laughs> uh, I, I, your life or death mentality, where it's like ride or fucking die. Does this come from your interesting childhood? Is that a good way to say it? Yeah. How should I talk about it? Um, basically, I'll tell you this story. Yeah. When I was a little kid, for people who don't know, I was a beauty queen. And I started doing pageants when I was eight months old. So um, my mom had a little saying, sorry, mom, but we're, we're good. She would say, uh, you know, second place is the biggest loser. Mm-hmm. And when you grow up, You know, I also grew up in a town of 800 people. Um, My ability to win was not just the survival of my own, but my family's. And from the moment I was born, I was told, like, you have to get us out of here. And so... Is this Arkansas? Louisiana. Louisiana, yeah. Yeah. So that sort of mentality, that sort of upbringing, and then, like, intense dance competitions and pageants in all my formative years, you know, like (laughs) a little tiny person, it gave me a certain intensity. Um, I'm really lucky for 
all the work I've been able to do on myself to sort of like reprogram some of it because it, it's it can be very destructive. I think in the early days of Kush Queen, it's what got me through. But now that I'm at a different place and every day isn't about survival, I don't want to be there. And then I also don't want to be so competitive to people that may actually be able to help me, you know, and I can foster a less competitive spirit. But surely, um, my mom, she has her own feelings about my childhood and she regrets a lot of it, but I am really grateful for it because frankly, absolutely nothing could have prepared me for being in cannabis, like pageants, dance competitions, acting, being in the entertainment industry, hearing no all the time, and frankly, just always being on the edge of complete and utter failure and spiraling, you know? There's just nothing like it to just, like, <laughs> develop that character, okay? Like, so... Yeah. And I mean, it's good now that I'm on the other side of it. You know, I'm not, like, a fucking mess like I used to be, so it's really helpful. But yeah, uh, nothing like a colorful childhood to help prepare you for an industry that is sort of a maze that's always moving that's always changing that's always um kind of keeping you on the edge of either complete and utter winning or complete and utter losing so yeah can if we were to guess how many first place trophies you have in your childhood room do you do you know close enough that if we were to guess it, we would uh, be able to get around it? Well, l funny enough, my mom didn't keep the trophies, but she kept the crowns. What? The crowns. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay, because I also, my family, there's um, a lot of gold medals in a cabinet in my family's dining room. So, mm. okay, crown, to crown total. I'm going to say seven crowns that's really hilarious there's like eight <laughs> there's eight solid crowns and one wow and one scepter it's like a stick that you would hold and it has like crystals on the top of it and i'm like mom like don't you think you could like let this stuff go and she's like i'll never let go of the those eight crowns and the one scepter and i'm just like Ugh. <laughs> do you think that that scepter and that that glitter and that crystal led you to your next iteration like when i met you you had uh the crystal like line of vapes that you had created 100 percent sort of, like, got yeah all of it all of it led me to he led me to this point which it was like 2012 I think I was like getting really disillusioned with acting I like did a movie they bankrupted the movie didn't have money to pay us doing like shit loads of yoga smoking tons of weed and asking the universe to bring me my next thing and then six months later I got on the glamour.com beauty blog because of my nail art and then like a couple days later I got I crystallized my vape and like that got me press and was starting to like blow up my Instagram. And that's when I asked my dad for $700 cause I was broke as fuck living in my parents' house. And he gave it to me and he was like, Oh God, here she goes again. Like I'm sure he thought I was going to fail. And then I made the first line of crystal cult vapes. Um, and we had like made $6,000 the first month. And then it was kind of like hit the ground running. And then Back in like 2015, 2016, I did a pre-roll, like an infused pre-roll at Chalice that was called the Queen Scepter. And so <laughs> it's all there, you know, like everything, like people would not see it because they don't know my story, but 
every little thing, you know, like even Kush Queen, the name, like all of it, it's just, it's all um, sort of just like this weird jumbled expression of my childhood and my life. And now, you know, it just oozes into adulthood it's like no matter what I do I'll always be extra as fuck like I'm like sorry guys (laughs) like I'm like I'm so sorry to my civilian friends but I can't help it well and you're you're honoring your roots now with your uh swamp queen line the spirit of the bayou which is yeah so amazing I love it so much that has a crazy story because in 2019 we did our collaboration with Alice and Olivia which took me to New York Fashion Week and was sort of just like this crazy moment where this $300 million a year fashion brand hit us up and was like, we want you to make CBD products for us. I got in the LA Times. They did this profile on me that was like, will she be the CBD queen? And you know, I'm over here like, fuck, I don't want to be the CBD queen, but okay, we'll take it, you know? And I have this like grade A psycho hater who of course I grew up with in Louisiana. And he got super triggered by the article and was like, you're just white trash from Louisiana. Your brand shouldn't even be called Kush Queen. It should be called Swamp Queen. And we're sitting there and we're like, wait, wait, wait. That is such a good concept. So (laughs) we waited (laughs) and we were like, we have to do this right. And like wanted to shoot it in Louisiana and like go down there so um we snuck in like literally a week in this top of august right before the hurricane hit fucking awful hurricane we made the bath bomb which it literally turns the water it like shifts in color so it's like green and then black on the inside which is very much like the swamp is because it's like one color on top one color on the bottom we did the elixir shot um and really just got to honor honor like the experience of someone throwing a brick at you and then building a castle and then also just like there's all of this rich fucking history with cannabis in new orleans in louisiana and anslinger and what he did when he waged that original war on drugs reefer madness like it really he really was after the jazz musicians he really was after i mean now that the billy holiday movie has come out like more people like get it but it's like no 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 like this really was og drug war all about race, all about getting these people from, you know, doing this. And New Orleans was a huge part of that. And I found all of these like vintage maps of like uh, drug busts and all of this crazy historical context. And I just dove right into it. We went down to Louisiana for a week. I shot uh, in front of my childhood home smoking a joint. And we were out there, and this man, he swings open his door, and he screams, Lil Liv! And literally, like, I fucking busted out crying, and it was my neighbor, Linwood. And, um, yeah, I just went to all my favorite places. I went, show my grandmother the collection. Um, They wouldn't let me shoot in a real swamp. So we had to go down to this area called Grand Isle, which is still considered the worst beach in America. So mind you, they put me in like not much cleaner water, but it just (laughs) was so cathartic and beautiful and um, really just the most me thing ever. Um, But yeah, I just I think that's also what I love about Kush Queen is I get to have this like platform, which is like a portal for me to just like create and like tell all these stories and like 
just be deep in the feels on this shit because let me tell you like i'm fucking in my feelings all the time i'll be crying like when i see it and i hold it or i I read the copy on the bottle like i really fucking feel it you know and it's just like i used to i think hide from that and like not want people to know like how fucking deep it really is for me but now i'm just like ah fuck it everyone knows i'm a giant softy i'm not fooling anyone like (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting because I was just reading an interview with Jack Harlow and he was talking about his love for Louisiana, where he came from. Or no, Louisville. Louisville. Mm. And his love for Louisville. And what he was saying was like, you know, you can either embrace where you come from and use it to elevate yourself to a life that you've dreamed of, or you can run away from your like childhood and your past and your city and all of those things. And and here in LA uh, it seems like most people are running away from something to come here and reinvent themselves. But it sounds like you are at a point now. I don't know if you ran away at a time, but yeah, Bingo. yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I was, I, I, there was a lot that we did in like a lot of the copy on the social posts and everything that were like. You know, for me, I definitely was ashamed of it. I definitely didn't want people to know, especially as like a teenager when like they're like uber rich, wealthy people whose parents are celebrities and this and that. And I definitely dated people in my 20s whose mother were like, you're white trash. You're never going to marry my son. Um, And I'm like, thank God, you know, Um, but (laughs) (laughs) honey, I don't want your fucked up son, but okay, lady. Um, And yeah, and I, I was ashamed of it, you know, and then I think. In, in doing sort of the deeper spiritual work, embracing my inner child and then embracing my childhood, I could embrace where I came from. And I really urged people with this, these the Swamp Queen collection specifically to engage more in a ritual. And I had this moment where um, we were down there shooting and, and I remember like looking at Michael and I was like, you know, it's 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 more than just be about being proud of where you come from it's about it it's about embracing it because it's about embracing who you truly are and there's so much power in that and i think cannabis for me has always brought me so much deeper to myself and really expands my consciousness and my senses and i think that's where i'm going to try to push the brand especially this next year is just going deeper i think everybody in the market's going like recreation celebrity really surface level and i'm like look um I've literally been talking to the trees and to the sun and to the moon and to the rivers and we're going deep. We're going all the way and we're going to let our heart bleed a little. And I think it's just like important, like people are struggling so fucking hard right now. They're struggling. They're just having such a hard time, like the collective. Um, And I know that because I spend so much fucking time on TikTok and talking to people online and I want people to know like, I've been there like I have been there with my mental illness and I can tell you that it's possible it's all possible and I think that's also it is with Swamp Queen with Kush Queen and anything we're doing and creating it's like what are we saying to people because right now like they don't have it in them for us to like emptily sell them I want them to feel and I want them to feel me and know that I've gone there and that they can go there too and just sort of like really lead by example in that deep connection between cannabis, our feelings, who we are, where we're going, you know, and the evolution of it all. That's why I love this fucking plant. Like this thing has been evolving side by side with us for thousands of years and it still gives me the chilies just to say that, you know, because just like, God damn, 
you know? But that's the thing about me. I'm bringing the drama every day, you know? I'm bringing that <laughs> next level drama. People around here are like, okay, Olivia, it's a Tuesday. Can you calm the fuck down? And I'm like, no, I fucking can't. I just can't, you know? I can't. So, so is that, is, is microdosing helping with this? Oh, like, where's microdosing fit into all of this? Because I really have been enjoying your TikToks and everything that uh, it's. I mean, it seems like a natural evolution to be the shroom queen as well. Well, I didn't want to be, honestly. I wasn't into psychedelics. Like, people were telling me for years in cannabis, like, when I was struggling with my mental health. Um, one of the big things when I started Kush Queen, the year that I got deleted on Instagram and then really, like, I considered started the company in, like, 2015, um, I, my mental health just like to shit. I was on meds for eight years. They weren't working. I had to have an abortion because I fucking got pregnant on this awful cocktail of pharmaceuticals. And that's when I was like, I have to get the fuck off these things and I have to find some way to be stable without it. And that's really when we started messing Wait, around. I gotta interrupt. I gotta yeah. interrupt. I'm so sorry. But like when, when we're talking about mental health, are we talking about like on the couch depression sleeping no, for 20 hours a day no, what do, like what does it bipolar. look like cuz you're doing yeah i'm bipolar so my mental illness looks completely different from most people mania for days um i'm like very high functioning depressed so i'll be like working myself to the bone but literally haven't slept or seen the sun in days um just like a lot of swinging i um I've gone through periods of immense depression where I can't live, but really also just at this point, I was just dealing a lot with suicidal ideation and just like not wanting to live. And that was what drove me onto medication and then drove me off of medication because my life just like wasn't getting better. So when we were developing the products, like that was also part of it. It's like we were, we were trying to make me well. We were trying to wean me off of these pharmaceuticals and then everyone was like, oh, try microdosing. And I was like, oh, I'm scared of psychedelics because I was told the same shit. Everyone else has the same propaganda, like mentally ill people shouldn't mess with these things. And it's like, no, no, mentally ill people shouldn't mess with these things at high doses. They shouldn't mess with, and if they do, you have to be completely facilitated in a safe environment. And so... Um, my mom got a brain tumor in 2017. Actually, I think like right around the time we did that interview, my mom had just had brain surgery. And that was like obviously the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. And that's when I started working with my life coach. And she really, um, she really took me to the edge of all of it. And also was like, you have to do the real work. You know, like the plants are just facilitating your courage they're helping you get there and somewhere along the line my friend lauren was just like look just take some fucking mushrooms with me okay we're at home you're <laughs> safe you have your backyard you'll be fine and it was like right the fuck away my brain was like doing weird things and i felt like i swear to god i felt serotonin in there for the first time in years and then mm. i started um getting into coaching with the microdosing doing like larger journeys exploring more with not just psilocybin but lsd i love lsd um and really pushing it together blending it together with my cannabinoid routine and then the spiritual work it just fucking exploded for me and then we're all in quarantine and everyone's on tiktok and funny enough like tiktok did not want me to talk about cannabis like 
even in a way that was harder for Instagram. Like I was on I Instagram forever. I have two strikes forever. against me on TikTok. I might get kicked off permanently. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden I, I go fucking viral, like literally like this, showing people I took LSD for 30 days on this microdose journey. And then I'm like, oh shit. And it just, now it's become this whole other thing where I have this whole other audience there. And then they, a lot of them don't even use CBD they don't even use cannabis and they're all in pharmaceuticals. They're all women. They all have bipolar depression, anxiety. You know, it's just like, it makes sense why my story resonated there. I did videos like how I got off pharmaceuticals and talked about weaning. And, um, I talk about Kush queen there. Luckily now I've kind of figured it out, but it's really interesting. Um, engaging the microdosing. I don't do it all the time, but I definitely do it um regularly and then I really have just come to also enjoy psilocybin recreationally um uh, it, it makes me not want to drink alcohol as much that's something that I'm just like Ugh. you know like it's fun but it's not that fun and I just find um psilocybin to be silly cybin it's great that's what I call it on <laughs> that's what I call it on tiktok silly cybin they'll accept that one so um, I'm really grateful to the whole community. Also, I find the psychedelics community, I mean, sure, there's the industry, which is the same chodes doing the same thing to these plants that they're doing to cannabis. Um, but people are super supportive. There's so many great coaches and educators and facilitators and cool people that I've met. And I've really just been, because um, I thought they were going to be like, oh, this cannabis girl, now she's trying this. But I really, um, I don't have any intention of, being in psychedelics. Uh, I don't even think psychedelics are going to be an industry. I hate to blow all those people's bubble, but the more you use them, the less you need them. So I think it'll be an interesting industry, if you will. Um, And the last thing you want to do when you're on mushrooms or psychedelics of any kind is like look at a screen or a shop or do anything that's like commerce it, in any way. It doesn't way. go along <laughs> with all the capitalism bullshit that we're living in, but who knows? I mean, I think that's also like we're living in the strangest fucking times. Like this mm. is I, I never thought we'd be at this part of it all. So, I uh what the fuck do I know after all? But I've just been really so grateful to finally have opened myself up to psychedelics and I am people like send me nasty dms you know they're like you fucking lightweight with your micro dosing that's not real psychedelic use you know and I'm just like but it, it got me here and it it if I have a bad day or if I need it it can help me get back on track if I feel like I'm getting off track but it's really um I genuinely I know this is gonna sound kind of sad but I didn't think like being happy was something that was in the cards for me in life at a certain age, at like 28, I was like, fuck it. I'm not, there are going to be, there's happy girls and then there's me. And I'm definitely not a happy girl. And it's just really weird. Like probably like six months ago, I was like, heck, is this happiness? My God. <sighs> you know, and it's like, my life's not perfect by any fucking means. But damn, um, those are some really powerful molecules. And I really hope to see access open up to people, especially with the mental health crisis uh, and COVID and this continuation of whatever fucking crazy shit we're living in. Um, because that's what I see. That's what TikTok has done for me, too. It's like opened me up to this this problem we have here in this. And it, it's just um, it's mass despair. 
and it really rattles me every day because these people are sisters and mothers and they're first responders and they're, they're nurses and they're paramedics and they're desperate. And they send me these DMs because they want me to plug them into healers and to where to access the product, which I always tell people is something I do, transparent, full transparency. I wasn't going to sit there on TikTok and show people, oh, look, look how good all of these results I've had and gatekeep it and say, well, I'm not going to help you. And I mean, it got like ridiculous for a minute. I was like answering like hundreds of DMs a day, like late at night in my spare time, just trying to help people. But um, I really just, I see this massive wave, this problem. Um, And then it's like shocking, like my family living in Louisiana, like they're all doctors, you know, my cousin's just like, I've got this guy, he's addicted to opioids, like, do you think this could help him, you know, and just hearing like, all of the questions and the people coming to ask me has just been really uh, mind blowing. And I'm just like, I'm just grateful to be happy and to be able to say that I enjoy my life and that I love my company. And I feel like I've never ever been this version of myself and I'm just really proud of that honestly more than even the success of Kush Queen I'm just like oh, I like living you know like that's that's just my truth and now I'm like god damn I can't believe it's possible wow fuck sorry <laughs> fuck. really <laughs> deep awesome. mic drops for days yeah yeah should we do some plugs yeah let's 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 hear where everyone can find you on tiktok and instagram and yeah the live alexander on tiktok instagram we're at kush queen shop kush queen co we got a million fucking instagram pages they can buy the um hemp and uh, delta 8 products at kushqueen.shop and then if you're looking to get our cannabis products kushqueencannabis.com will guide you to the dispensaries um all over california and hopefully in 2022 maybe washington maybe arizona maybe some multi-state operator action whoa mso life I'm sorry, but MSO gang, like, just stop. Like, just fucking stop it. Like, we get it. You guys are multi-state operators. You don't need to be a gang. Like, read the fucking room. (laughs) My God. It's honestly, it's so great to check in with you now. I mean, having met you when I moved to Los Angeles five years ago and to, you know, have profiled you in that piece four years ago, I think, and to check in with you now, it makes me want to, like, you're such a barometer of what's possible in cannabis and... I think it would be just so great if we had like a weed and grub checks in with Olivia segment once a year to sort of do like a state of the union situation so we can hear like what's going on in in your world because I feel like you have such a a comprehensive compassionate view that I just don't hear coming from business owners so it's it's awesome well thank you for letting me come and chat because for me that's it too is I think like I just, like, want people to know, like, and hear it from me. And I think, like, the word authenticity and all these words have even been, like, co-opted by fucking awful people. And it's just, like, I'm Olivia. I'm the founder of Kush Queen. This is kind of what Kush Queen stands for. Someone wrote on TikTok, they're like, the more I learn about your brand, the more I'm very interested in the kooky weirdness of it all. And I'm like, it's it's fucking weird. We're freaks, like, in the best way, like... (laughs) I love it, though, and I just think, like, if I can be around in this space in 20 years, like, goddamn, I'll be really... I don't I don't know if I can even outwit and outlast that long. This shit is, like, fucking Survivor. I really don't know, but 
I'm really going to try to stay as long as I can, to independently own Kush Queen as long as I can, to try to be a good young leader in the industry. Um, I mean, that's another thing. Everybody's so fucking old. Not that there's anything wrong with being old. I'm getting old, whatever. But um, I do, like, when I take inventory in my life, I'm like, fuck, I'm only 33. Goddamn. Like, who am I going to be at 43? Who are you 53? Yeah. If I make it, you know, if I make it... Uh, uh, but I don't think it's about being old. I think it's about you. You're no longer tapped in. You stop yeah. caring about culture. Yeah. You're not like you just stop you, growing. You, you ossify, right? Yeah. 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 Well, Which is guys, why I don't think any of us would be like, I don't think that's going to be a problem for thing. any of us. I think that's yeah. what mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. I think it's like, especially to people who want to get in the industry, like it's just like carve out your own space, be you, do you, and frankly, like, put blinders on and plug your ears and just, like, try so hard to stay out of the bullshit. And also, I think, like, I hate saying this because, of course, we all want to be number one and the best and the biggest and whatever, but it's not a fucking about that. I used to get so hung up on that. Like, I got to have the biggest company. I got to be number one. Like, no, bitch, you're not going to be number one. You you don't have a billion dollars. You didn't go to fucking Harvard. Like, come on. You were a bud tender at the green easy. And that's great. And that's okay. And that's why I'm always just going to be in this weird little space that I'm in. And just like you guys, it's like, it's not even about being the be- the biggest or the best or number one. It's just about like loving what you do and having a fucking good time. And then also like just bring what you got to the table, whatever that is. Um, so yeah, I'm just really over here just trying to be as weird as possible, trying to have as much fun as possible and still trying to be as high as possible. I literally was like, I've got some, I got some joints nearby and I'm like, oh, it might be time to go to my tree. I have a tree that I go to and my team knows, oh, she's going to her tree and I'm just <laughs> That's like, awesome. still got to fucking get it in. So smoking a tree next to a tree. Come on. That's a good break. Yeah. yeah, that's a good break. It is. I, I, I just, I think that's like, that's just the, the craziest thing too. It's just like, wow, like this is really my life. Like, holy shit. Cause it's like, I really was a bud tender. Like I really was just like weighing out eighths on Fairfax, uh, at this dispensary that my boyfriend at the time, his friends hired me cause I'm sure I was hot or whatever. And I didn't know anything about weed other than I love smoking it. And it's just like, I think that's also something that I just, why I want to keep staying a part of the industry. We'll see. Cause let me tell you, these motherfuckers want to merge. They want to acquire. They want to bend you over and acquire you so hard. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, the money. Will I be able to fight the money? You know, but I really just, uh, I just think about that girl, like that just like smoked a blunt outside the dispensary every day and was just happy to go weigh in eights and make 40 bucks in tips. Like that was it. And I just, I always had the audacity. <laughs> That's the thing to say. Olivia Alexander, Kush Queen. She always had the audacity. But I guess like <laughs> when I think back, I'm like, did I really just like wake up and say, well, I'm just going to start my own brand. But I did. And here I am. And um, I love, I love you guys and it's just so great to see you guys also still around. You know, I think that's also, it's like familiar faces and people who are just still in it with laughter and love and also like people love you guys. Um, and to, to maintain a reputation in this space for long periods of time. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That means a lot. That means a lot. And yeah. good reputations. You. you know, everyone fucking loves you guys. And I think that's wow. also like. 
that's important because we just don't everybody fucking hates each other so much even there's so much weed beef even the influencers have beef you know like back in the day like i'm like there's literally beef in every corner and every aspect of this industry and it's just like such a loving healing plan and the irony of it all but you guys are just like you guys have always been there and always been bringing good vibes and um i just like look back especially on that dope magazine piece so fondly and um really what a pivotal moment to be on the cover and um you know I think I also had some crazy sound bites in there too I'm like we're gonna start a revolution like oh my god Olivia the cringe <laughs> it was fucking great the it cringe. was good copy I mean I'm always I'm always serving up some fucking cringy talking points but goddamn, when I read that shit back I'm like bitch you have always been on one like the level drama turned up to 10 but we still need that revolution so true that there yeah, you go you right you can find us at Weed and Grub on Instagram. WG at WeedandGrub.com is our email. Hit, hit us up. Hit Olivia up. We're just the realest in the game. <laughs> and oh, we yeah. don't have time and for bullshit. Congratulations on being verified, you guys. Super cool. Ah, thank it's you. The little thank blue you very much. It's the little blue checks that still matter, you know? But right on. Mm-hmm. The little things do make a difference. Yeah, we're yeah. collecting likes like diamonds. <laughs> uh <laughs> Please come back. I mean, really, we would. We got to check in with you every so Anytime. often to see what's up. Anytime. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.